0: evidence of having been partially devoured by their murderers. What's up, guys? My name's Kaylee. This is the Murder with Friends podcast, where I call up my friends and I tell my favorite true crime stories. Warning: This podcast is for mature audiences only. Yes, I'm talking to you, little girl covered up with her unicorns and her Care Bears. This will give you nightmares. There will be talks of murder, rape, and a lot of foul language on my part. So go to bed. So today we're here with Willie P. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, I apologize for last week. We were on vacation. And I also have some very exciting news, which I don't think that I told you guys. We are engaged. I don't know about you, but I'm very thrilled. Pretty much, yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 We
1: set a, we set the date for October 20th.
0: October 30th. 30th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. You're going to show up 10 days early.
1: Well, at least I'll be there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I think I want to ask you the ultimate question, my favorite question to ask people ever. What serial killer interests you the most? Hannibal That is not a real serial killer. He's not a real person.
1: How do you know?
0: You ever met him? No. Exactly. No. Hannibal Lecter is not a real person. I'd probably say Holmes. He had a lot of uh,
1: gruesome and disturbed
0: imagination. H.H. Holmes fucking murder castle. Yeah,
1: exactly. He made a, a whole warehouse into... Just all kind of crazy and probably fun stuff for him.
0: Yeah, stairways that went nowhere. I wonder what happened to that building. We'll have to find out sometime. Yeah, I'll have to look it up, definitely. The serial killer I am most interested in is Israel Keys. Most people don't know who that is. You know, people know Bundy and they know... You know, uh... Kemper, and they know Jeffrey Dahmer. I never heard of him until you told me about him. Israel Keyes, it's He's also very interesting because his victim count is unknown. I'm going to start off with his last victim, and we'll go from there. His last victim was Samantha Koenig. She was 18 years old. She was a barista at the common grounds coffee stand the common ground coffee stand was literally a tiny little building in the middle of a strip mall and it's a coffee stand you go up and you order coffee and i'm sure they had like pastries or you know whatever but it was in anchorage alaska Samantha was one out of six kids. She was described as kind and friendly. The morning of February 2nd, 2012, the coworker, her coworker comes in to open up the coffee stand and she realizes that the alarm wasn't set. So red flag there, and then she goes and opens up the register and there's no money. So they call the police, the police look at the, look at the surveillance cameras, and in the surveillance cameras, you see her, you know, cleaning up stuff, you know, fixing a closed shop. Well, someone walks in, and he orders uh, Americano, she goes, and she's making it, and then she turns around to give it to him. And you see her hands go up. So he points the gun at her. Her hands go up. And she backs up slowly, turns off the light. And then he climbs in the window, binds her hands behind her back, and walks her out. So, of course, the police reach out to her boyfriend that was supposed to pick her up that night. Well, apparently her and her boyfriend share a vehicle. And that night, probably he said around, he went outside. He just saw a guy in the truck. And so he was like, hey, and like chased them down the road. But he got away. It said that her dad might have been a person of interest because apparently he wasn't a very good character. And it might have all just been a hoax to get money. 23 days later her boyfriend got a text message from her phone that said, Connor Park, under pick of Albert, ain't she pretty? Connor Park is a dog's park. And so they went to the dog's park and on a tree, it had a picture of a lost dog named Albert. And underneath that, It was a ransom note with a picture. Now, I would like to show you this picture. Because it's pretty terrifying.
1: Yeah, it's holding the newspaper next to her. And she looks like she's been... uh, Roughed up. uh, She looks like she's got smallpox on her mouth. I mean, it's a black and white picture. So, you can't really see a whole lot of detail. But... You can definitely tell that that's not the way she's supposed to look. Right. She's definitely been in some sort of... uh... All right.
0: Well, the the ransom letter pretty much just told her dad to put $30,000 in her bank account because he already had the ATM card. On February 29th, at 1013, he pulled money out, and then at 1156 he pulled out more money out of a different bank and then at 1226 he pulled out money from another bank so he pulled out money from three different banks in Alaska and her name yeah yeah, yeah with her card huh? um the surveillance did catch a 2007 Nissan Xterra he was wearing a ski mask so they couldn't See his face. On March 7th, there was more money pulled out in Wilcox, Arizona. It showed a white Ford Focus. And then more money came out in New Mexico. So at this point, they pulled in the DEA so that they could track the, the ATM card. The DEA followed every Ford Focus that was on that route that the card was going in. They narrowed it down to two rental cars. And both the rental cars were rented from Avis, which is, I guess, like an enterprise.
1: Yes, it's just like an enterprise.
0: Yeah. And he walked out, put something in the trunk, and drove away. Of course, they followed him. At 11.45, he was caught speeding. They pulled him over, and he was really nervous and sweaty. Said that he flew in from Alaska to Vegas and then got a rental car to Texas. He was not cooperative at all. And in the back seat, they could see white shoes, women's clothing, the ski mask, two cell phones, Samantha's ID, and ATM card. So he was arrested.
1: Yep, all that stuff. And he was really stupid.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was. He got sloppy, that's for sure. That's one thing with serial killers. They could only do it for so long until they just get really sloppy. Yeah, It would have made
1: more sense to pull more money out instead of pulling it out and trying to stretch it out.
0: Well, I think... Absolutely. But, see, I think because I used to have a bank account where you could only pull out $300 a day.
1: And... For the next three days, I'm going to pull out $300 a day until you ain't got no money. And I'm going to do it in a direction opposite of the one that I'm going to.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, definitely. If, if, I'm, if
1: I'm going south, I'm pulling out a, pulling out money in a direction west. And then as soon as I get to my limit, I'm going to
0: I mean, head
1: if, the direction that I was intending to go.
0: When he got arrested, this guy was super chill and casual. I've watched the, uh, what is it called? The interview tapes. And he is just the guy, just like, he's talking to you like a neighbor. Like, hey, what's up? What's going on? He said that he planned to go out in a blaze of glory, but the bag that he put into the trunk was the guns. So he just couldn't get to it, which was stupid if you planned to go out in a blaze of glory. Why would you put your guns in the trunk? You at least have one of them with you. Now I'm going to get into what happened to Samantha. And it is graphic. Um, He said that Samantha fought like hell. Good
1: for her.
0: Yeah. When he got her in the truck. Well, when he got her outside, as soon as they got outside of the coffee kiosk, she bolted. And he tackled her and pointed a gun at her and told her, if you ever try that again, he will kill her. Um, So he got her in the truck, zip tied her to the seat, and drove around and waited for his daughter and his girlfriend to go to sleep. Yeah, he's got a daughter and a girlfriend. And then around 11 p.m., he took her to the back, to his backyard in the shed. In the shed, he had tarps, ropes, Tarps, ropes, the space heater, radio, and he even had a glass of bourbon and a glass of wine. He raped and shingled her, wrapped her up in the tarp, and put her in a cabinet. And then he went on a two-week cruise. Balls. Yeah. So, left her in the cabinet for two weeks, came back. um, He took the ransom photo. So, in the ransom photo, she's dead. She's been in the cabinet for two weeks. Um, she looks like shit. Can I see the photo again? Yes. She is dead.
1: She, to doesn't, pre- she doesn't look dead in the photograph.
0: Well, she is in. You got to think, they're in Alaska. Yeah. Her body is preserved. Because it's so. I mean, cold. it
1: looks like she's been slapped around a lot. Yeah. Like she's not all swollen up, but. You can tell that there's some discoloration around the eyes. And now, the eye.
0: do you want to know what he did <coughs> to prepare for that photo? No doubt. To prepare for the photo, he thawed her out with a hair dryer. He braided her hair. He put makeup on everything that you see. Some were hers that he sewed her eyes open, he dismembered her. And then he went and put up an ice fishing tent. Cut a hole in the in the ground. And slowly put everything in there. And then he caught some fish and went home and cooked it for his girlfriend and daughter.
1: Oh, God.
0: Yeah, you know, always thinking of others. So after... He did that. He grabbed her cell phone, ID, ATM, and he cut off the braid that he put in her hair and saved it.
1: Momento or? Momento. To use for a ransom.
0: Momento. Well, so yeah. it a trophy. Yeah. Um, after this conference... After, you know, the initial whatever, the dive team went in and found her body with an underwater robot. Now, getting any information out of him was like pulling teeth. He would start out and he was like, yeah, you know, I I killed somebody in New York, but I'm not I'm just not going to talk about that
1: anymore. Well, I wonder what would have happened if they had started actually
0: pulling teeth. Well, (laughs) he probably would have, you know. But that's why all of his are so unknown. Because of that, and he made a deal. He wouldn't tell them anything without them giving him something in return. Like, he's like, hey, I'll give you a body. I'll give you two bodies if you give my girlfriend her car back. Because, of course, they take it for evidence. That's
1: a terrible deal.
0: Well, at that point, he knew that he was fucked. And they would probably find those bodies anyways, is what he was thinking.
1: Not condoning what he does Uh, or what he did, but but to give up information is counterproductive in in any situation.
0: Look, so this guy was two totally different people. All right, this guy was a family man. He was the neighbor. He was the guy that everybody was friends with. He was friends with everybody. His girlfriend said, or his ex-wife, was like, I used to try to make him mad, and he wouldn't. I would try. I would push his buttons to the max and he would not get mad.
1: Because if he got mad, then he kill some people. Well, no, he, he probably did get mad every time she did it,
0: but he probably went out, you know, run around, pick somebody up. He said he would look at somebody and if he was nice and cordial to you, he already had it in his mind that he wasn't gonna kill you. Does that make sense? Like he never was nice to anybody that he was gonna kill. It was two sections in his mind. That sounds like a lot. Like he had
1: t- he, he grouped every pe- every person that he meets into one category or the other. Either you're okay or I'm gonna kill you.
0: Yeah, and once he had it. I'm gonna kill you. He acted on it. There was no if, ands, or buts. If he had the opportunity, if he knew he couldn't get caught, and you know, the opportunity presented itself, then he yeah
1: take advantage. It sounds a lot like the character from the book Silence of the Lambs.
0: Yeah, he said he's like, look, you will never ever find anybody in my life. That knows who I am. All these people. Don't know who I am. He had everybody thinking. Oh no. You got the wrong guy. He idolized Ted Bundy. BTK killer was like that though. Well yeah. But he didn't like BTK. He said he was a bumbling idiot. Still though. Nobody suspected him. Yeah true. I mean I read. Well I didn't read. I have Audible but his daughter, BTK's daughter, wrote a book about how awesome her dad was. And that, you know, he was a dad. He, he wasn't this monster everybody knew. You know, he he that he liked to go hiking. So they the, would go hiking the, and have
1: family. The least person that you would suspect. Yeah. The person that you would suspect the least.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, see, so you couldn't be a serial killer because I would expect
1: that exactly everybody would yeah <laughs> so that's exactly why i get away with it every time i
0: do it <laughs> <laughs> or do i this podcast cannot or, or don't die <laughs> <laughs> so in exchange for his girlfriend's car he told him he would give them two bodies. What's interesting about Israel Keys is that he buried kill kits. The kill kits had rope, tape, guns, money, um, anything. They were in like a Home Depot container, a bucket, and he would dig them up. Well, this particular one was... Dug up after two years of it being buried.
1: That's extensive planning,
0: right there. Like,
1: super extensive planning.
0: Yes. Like, he, I guess what he did was he liked abandoned places. So he would go, he flew to Chicago and then drove a rental car all the way to Vermont. And that's where he found Bill and Lorraine Courier's house. He liked to find a house that was attached to a garage for easy access in and out. So he said that he sat there and waited for hours because the neighbor kept coming out and smoking cigarettes. Sounds so he
1: like, sounds like somebody I know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so he, you know, waited for hours for him to go to bed when he finally did, he went up there, he went to their house. Some places said it was a two-story house and he went upstairs and then some places says that it was a one-story house. But either way, he went to their bedroom, he woke them up, he tied them up with zip ties, told them not to move, not to talk, and he... Basically went around the house seeing what he could steal. Because he was a burglar. He was also a bank robber. And it also says in different places. One place said that he killed people to hype him up to rob a bank. And then other places said vice versa. He robbed a bank to hype himself up to go kill people. But anyways, he went up there, woke him up, told him, don't talk, don't move. He went out to, you know, see what he could steal. The whole time, this whole interview, he is laughing. Just like he's telling a joke, like he's telling a story, a fishing story or something. Like, it, it's insane. Um, so he walked back in. He saw Lorraine, tried to talk talk out a plan on how to escape. He, you know, pointed the gun at her and was like, look, if y'all don't stop, you know, I'm trying not to hurt you guys. I'm not going to hurt you guys. Just let me take what I'm going to take and I'll leave. Of course, that was not his intention at all. What he did was he... He led them both to the car, their vehicle, and drove out to an abandoned house. He left Lorraine in the back seat, and he took Bill into the abandoned house, into the basement. And while he was down there, he was roughing up Bill because he was screaming and then he came back up to get Lorraine and she had bolted from the car.
1: So she got away.
0: No. He tackled her, dragged her into the basement. She watched as Israel Keys hit her husband in the head with a shovel and then shot him in the head in the face. Well, that was a bitter thing And then he took her up to up to a room, strapped her to the mattress, and raped her. Very extreme. Now, I want to point out, these two are like 60 years old. And then he, when he got done, he brought her down and shot her in the basement. He put them in trash bags, and then he covered them up and just left. Left them there. When the police found this out, they're like, okay, where are the bodies? What abandoned house? And he's like, oh, you know, and he gave them directions and he told them how to get there. And when he got there, there wasn't anything. Nobody, nothing was there. So they asked around and they said, yeah, that place was demolished. And you know what? Now that you're saying something, when well, we are demolishing it, it stunk really bad. But we assumed that it was just dead animals inside.
1: So he it on that one, really.
0: Mm-hmm. But see, he Any only on it? see, but he told them that because he thought that they would have found the bodies, anyways.
1: There's no way that they- That He could have known that we're going to demolish the house in the time span.
0: Right. So, he could have gotten away with that one, but he didn't know that. He only gives them what he thinks that they already know. Oh, he didn't shoot her. He strangled her with a garrot. A garrot. What is a garrot, sweetheart?
1: A garrot is a piece of twine or rope <clears throat> that is tightened by a stick or some other apparatus to make
0: yeah. the only reason i know that well two reasons i know that one teen wolf yeah teen wolf. and second is uh john bonnet Ramsey, she was strangled with a garrote. Are you sure? Yeah.
1: I've never seen this story on TV, but I don't remember. I'm gonna say yeah, that.
0: it was like a paintbrush.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I mean, a garrote can be any length, yeah. length of cord, and any solid Stick other option. object to yeah. you know tighten the cord. I mean, basically, so essentially, you can use a pencil and a uh, charge a cord. Uh,
0: uh, me... Oh, and in his interviews, he was a cocky some bitch throughout all this. He was like, "All right, well, you know, if you want me to talk, you know what I need." And he always asked for an americano and a cigar.
1: Also, get it while you can, because when you run out of bodies, boy, they're not
0: gonna fucking let you have shit. Mm-hmm. So, and he only gave them the bare minimum. Like he told him, oh, you know, there might be one in New York. There might be, you know, um, you know, one was actually ruled as an accident. Um, which I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> and then he's like, oh, well. Because my plan is to was to eventually like follow natural disasters and prey on the on the neediness of people and be a traveling contractor.
1: Sounds like a lot of fun if you're a deviant as he was.
0: The one that was Ruled as an accident. Well, they talked to his baby mother. They talked to his baby mama. A neighbor actually died, and it was ruled an accident a hiking accident. The neighbor? Yeah. Huh. And he couldn't provide an alibi for that time.
1: His neighbor? Yeah, his neighbor.
0: His like, neighbor. Listen, I don't see.
1: If I'm, if I'm gonna rob a be, house, it's not gonna be my next door neighbor. Okay, it's not gonna be pers- no, person. No, a hiking home, so. accident.
0: And then he was like, "Oh well, you know, there might have been a couple in Washington."
1: He, lived in them, he said he lived in Washington.
0: Uh, he lived in New York for a while. He said there might have been a couple in Washington. October 2001 through 2006. Like a five-year span, you know, any time between there. I'm not sure. He said there might have been some in, like, state and national parks. But he did live in New York. And when he lived in Alaska, he said that he just got bored. There's not much going on.
1: I'm sure there's not.
0: Alaska. Uh, he had a very big collection of uh, true crime books and horror movies, which I mean I do too. If yeah, like you know, if, as as if I were, were to kill a... people, they'd be like, "Ha ha, that's okay. it. That's why." Um, no, he thought that BK sucked. He was sloppy and idiot. He really liked h h Holmes, though that was his favorite the detectives you know he was talking about h h Holmes and they asked him if he had a murder castle. He said, "I wish he said he had plans and a vision board about mm-hmm. a murder castle, and he was like, "Well, that was more of my retirement plan and laughed yeah no, he said that he was really into. H.H. H. Holmes and Ted Bundy. Like, he was super into Ted Bundy. And they had a lot in common. They were both sexually motivated, controlled. They held down jobs and girlfriends. They were, they were good fathers. Um, so you're telling me that they were functioning sociopaths. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Like, See, but Ted Bundy, there were times where Ted Bundy lost his shit. Like he was very mean to you're his still girlfriend.
1: A sociopath, but at the same time, you still got psych- psychopathic tendencies. Right. And the two
0: can't, they can't coalesce. They had a couple differences, though. Like, Ted Bundy had the same victim. All of them looked the same. Yeah. Yeah. Israel Keys, they were out there, buddy. It was just a victim. They, it, they were. I mean, old, young guy, girl, couple. Um, and from yeah. what you
1: told, from what you have told me, he, whatever set him off, was uh... It wasn't the same thing every time. It was something specific about each situation because they weren't all the same right had it had to been something specific about each situation
0: I mean I don't think that there was an actual reason for his killing he just liked to kill
1: yeah it, it might have just been uh
0: victim of cir- circumstance yeah you know what I mean yeah if he saw an opportunity he was gonna take it. Sure, why wouldn't you? Oh well, I could think of a lot of reasons you shouldn't
1: In, in a normal <laughs> situation, why wouldn't you
0: take why wouldn't you take something like that? But I mean he also had long term friends. You know, he would host barbecues every weekend. Yeah. He you know, he wasn't aggressive.
1: That's it. Everybody in the neighborhood probably thought he was that guy. Yeah. A functioning
0: psychopath. Yeah. I mean, he he held down jobs. A he was function, very successful. A functioning person.
1: He was psycho, light.
0: Psychotic, psychotic tendencies. He was light and respected. And was a member of the community. BTK. BTK was a member
1: of the church.
0: Yeah. And that's ultimately how he got caught but still not by being a member of the church but you know if you know you know and he was a necrophilia necrophiliac so yeah there's that
1: I don't know how that feels yeah that's some cold ass pussy right there, boy. Ooh. I'm telling you, ground. you. You dig them up out of the ground and just go at it.
0: Ew. That's disgusting. <laughs> it really is. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he was a normal guy charming, interacting, calm, very matter of fact. And very annoying to deal with. For you to say that,
1: that this man that you have described to me was a normal guy.
0: He seemed to be a normal guy.
1: Yeah, but that's not what you said. You said he was a normal well, guy. Well, that's not And, and that's what everybody, that's that's everybody's opinion of this man. Yes. Is He was a normal yep. guy. So that means. When
0: clearly he wasn't. How he was
1: to everybody else's standards, but you never know what happens behind closed doors. Yeah, never know what happens in somebody's life when they're not with you. Yeah.
0: In spring of two thousand twelve, he was restrained in the courtroom. And he tried to run. He tried to book it in the courtroom. He had he had made a key out of something I forgot, but he had undone his cuffs, and he booked it. And they tackled and tased him.
1: okay. He he's lucky that they didn't uh, tackle tase him and Mason.
0: Oh, he made the pick out of a paperclip. And he was in a max security prison because of that. But sadly, December first, twenty twelve, at ten twelve, he cut his wrists and hung himself. Pussy. Mm-hmm. Cause he told he told the investigators. He goes, Look, I'll give you all the information. I'll plead guilty to whatever you want me to. But I don't want the media in this. And that's one of the main reasons why he's not very well known. Yeah. Because the media wasn't in it. Because how long? Because of his daughter. And he said that he would he would plead guilty to anything as long as he was executed in a year
1: how long between the time that he got arrested and the time that he got executed
0: well he didn't get executed that was how long
1: between the time that he got that he got arrested and the time that he got uh, arrest,
0: uh, not he got arrested in March of 2012 and he committed suicide in December. December 1st on Marvel's birthday.
1: The same day? What? I'm, so, I'm saying the same year?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So not even a year he didn't.
1: Yeah. You're talking about like six months. Yep. Seven months.
0: But there is a whole very intricate, huge podcast that has like, I want to say it's like 13 to 15 episodes about just Israel Keys. It dives into his driving records and possible victims because his mo would he would he would go he would abduct from one state kill in another and then dump, and then dump another. in another
1: yeah.
0: so all of his killings are very much unknown there's no way and he spent time in the army you know he could have killed overseas
1: yeah, he probably did.
0: He was very into prostitutes. Yeah, but that... It goes in a very deep dive. It's called true crime bullshit. And that was actually from one of his interviews when he was talking about, you know, not wanting to be in the media, not wanting his daughter to, you know, go through all of it and, you know, be in all this cru- true crime bullshit. Or Alicia. Huh? Huh? You say Alicia? <laughs> yeah, Keys. Keith. Keith. Oh ha ha ha, that's so that's, funny. Uh,
1: yeah, edit, edit that out.
0: I'm sorry. No, that's funny. I keep it <laughs> in. <laughs> but yeah, that's I mean that's Israel Key he's just he's so there's so many different options. There's so many options on Number of victims.
1: What's the time frame here? Tell me what the time frame is. What? Between the time that he could have started killing and the time that they know that he did kill.
0: He was born January 7th. He was a Capricorn. January, Which is January 7th, what year? 1978. 1978. Which is very rare for a Capricorn man. To be a serial killer. Yeah? Me. Yes. Um, apparently, Capricorn's women are more likely to be serial killers, but the men aren't. He was 34. They believe he started in 2004.
1: He started killing in 2004. Mm-hmm. And when did he kick off? In two
0: thousand
1: twelve. The reason that I asked anything about that was because it seemed like not for nothing. Not that I couldn't come with come up with it myself, but he seemed kinda young. Yeah. To be so methodical about Mm -hmm. all of that.
0: Yeah. And he was. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, especially if he would have started in two thousand four, that means he was. So that means he was twenty six years old when he started.
1: Twenty six year old when he started killing. It seems like, just in my opinion, that. Maybe he wasn't alone, at the beginning.
0: No. I think he was there was a point in time where he said, you know, he was in he was in a field and with some kid and he killed a cat and he was laughing about it. And the other kids were like looking at him all crazy and he said that's when he realized that other people didn't. that's when he knew he had to live separate lives. Yeah. You know, other people don't like this. They don't find this as amusing as I do. So, I can't do this. I can't let other people know about this. Um, but Basically, any missing persons report anywhere in the United States or Canada from 2004 to 2012 has Israel Keyes theory. Because we don't know. Right. I mean, there could have been a body found in New York that, you know, the person was from, you know, somewhere else in New England. I don't
1: could have been a rhode island body found in New York and bam. Yeah. Who did not it? this
0: yeah. guy? So it was um and there was, you know, his computer with a bunch of names on it of missing people. So they think that all those are connected to him, but there's just no evidence. And one of them was Deborah Feldman. Feldman. And I didn't write it down, but she was from New York and she was found in Jersey or vice versa. I can't remember. That's pretty common, though. Yeah.
1: One or the other. Right. They're so close together.
0: So you know, usually what he would do was he would go to a border town. You know where the three fucking states met. Yeah, and just dump them, yeah. and just
1: look in the paper for who, however they wash up.
0: Yeah. And he would search them on the computer and that's ultimately, it was said that he might have had 11 victims but I think there's more. I don't think that there's 11. There must be
1: 11 that could be possibly confirmed.
0: See, because when he, I'll pull it up. When he committed suicide, he drew this in his blood on the wall. Please stop. These skulls were painted on the wall in his blood when he died. And it said, "In the um, in blood, uh, uh, we are all one." I don't know what that means. No one knows what that means. That's one of his kill kits. That was dug up.
1: Yeah. Well, some people think that if you kill somebody, you incorporate their traits. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, in the in the show Supernatural, when they were talking about the Wendigo. Yeah. The Wendigo was... I've heard of that before.
0: Yeah. That yeah. was
1: on... It was on Teen Wolf, but yeah. they didn't really go into it. The uh, Native American tradition was that when you kill your enemy... Mm-hmm your biggest enemy, like the general of your enemies. Right. You take his heart and you eat part of it. You don't have to eat the whole thing, but you eat part of it and you gain his strength. Huh. And that's where that come from.
0: And remind me tomorrow to pull up these fucking interview tapes, because this guy's a fucking trip. He's talking about raping Samantha Koenig He's talking about dismembering her body. He's talking about, you know, putting her in the ice and just chilling. Like, me and you are talking about a fucking hiking trip.
1: Huh?
0: Like, just laughs and, oh, yeah, you know, she tried to get away, but.
1: You know, I could probably do the same thing.
0: (sighs) Don't say that on a recording. You can edit it out and you should. Because if you kill somebody, they're going to be yeah, like, position. see, if there you, were signs.
1: If you ever go missing on a hiking trip, they're going to be like, this guy did it.
0: Yeah. He fucking did it. Yeah. This I think anybody, my guy, mother would say that you did okay? it. Okay. doesn't
1: matter that he was 200 miles away. He fucking
0: did it. He fucking did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, yep, yeah, that is the story of Israel Keys. There is so much more. If you would like to find out more, listen to True Crime Bullshit. That is a podcast that goes into a very deep dive on Israel Keys. The whole first season is nothing but him, it goes into his driving records, it goes into theories. It goes into facts. This guy has literally dug up, spent most of his life pretty much just digging up facts on Israel Keys. So, listen to that. If you tune in again, you get to meet Willie B. <laughs> Good God. And hopefully, you don't hear him killing anybody. On this podcast.
1: Never fear. Because I am here. Oh my god.
0: Alright guys. Well I appreciate you guys. tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode.
1: I really do too. Because you never know.
0: If you haven't joined the Facebook group yet, it's Murder with Friends Podcast. We are on Instagram at Murder with Friends. Send me an email, Friends at yahoo.com. And I have a website, www.murderwithfriendspodcast.com. And remember, if you're thinking about murder, talk about it with friends. Bye you guys.